Welcome everyone to another edition of the Mind of Little Rage. It is October 14th. I think it's a Wednesday. Not too sure. Uh, Days just kind of keep blending one into the other. But nevertheless, it is October 14th, 2020, and I hope your week is going by splendidly. Over the past couple of months, I have been doing topic-based episodes, and as much as I like doing those type of episodes and actually doing the research, I really do miss being able to do interview-type programs, and that's what this whole podcast was built on. So for today's show, I'm going to take a few of the past episodes and just take some snippets from those episodes and represent them because these were episodes that that resonated with me and they had moments that I feel need to be revisited. And we're going to start off the program with a... a an interview I did with Kimber Starks of the VQM Reboot Program. I have said on several occasions that the individuals within the hard rock and heavy metal genres are some of the most giving people that I have ever come across. And what Kimber Starks does in this interview is she displays that giving attitude toward the youth of our of our nation and really does this in a profound way by incorporating art in in its various forms whether it be music whether it be drawing on charcoal and pencil whether it be sculpture whether it be acting or reciting poetry whatever type of art it is and in this little snippet she goes into some of the reasons why she does this, and the importance of music in a child's life. Yeah, the the thing for me was I didn't fit anywhere. Kind of like you, I did a little bit of everything. I was in drama. I was in select ensembles and choir that we had to audition for. I was in sports. I played every sport that I could get my hands on. Not because I was great at them, because that was definitely not the truth, but it was fun. It was the camaraderie. And I think that we forget the kids need camaraderie too. And so as Reboot, I try to incorporate activities that can be done in groups where the kids that maybe aren't as social can still be involved, but still feel like they have their their level of separation but then you have the kids that aren't able to be involved in stuff and they want to be involved in stuff and this gives them an idea an opportunity to do stuff in groups with other kids at their own pace you know so we're doing art in the park in Chicago with Yvonne and the kids are getting to come out and we have artists come out and they do acoustic shows and it's fantastic because the kids get to interact with some of our our artists off the VQM roster, but they're also getting to explore different mediums and at their own pace. You know, we've done um, Rock the Halls, and Maximus has pretty much headed that one. Love those guys. Um, where they come in and we go to different schools and we put on a full-blown rock show for these kids. Most of these kids have never been to a concert. They don't know what a concert means. They don't know how to act. They think that they're at a concert, so they just sit in their seat and watch. Well, we're teaching them that it's okay to get out of your seat. It's okay to dance. It's okay to move. It's okay to express yourself because something in that music strikes your soul. And it makes your body want to move. Do it. Dance, child. Feel it. And it's, I mean, I'm a mom. I have two little boys. And for me, more than anything, it's giving my boys every opportunity to explore and create and just be kids that I can. 
and to help every other kid that I possibly can have that opportunity as well. I will forever continue to sing the praises of not only Voodoo Queen Management, but what they're doing with the Reboot program. It is a very important program, especially since a lot of art-based subjects or electives, as they call them, I guess, in, in high schools, had the funding has been cut. And I believe in the long run, it's going to do more harm than good with the cutting of those programs. And we're going to fall behind in not only math and science subjects, but we're just going to fall in the means of creativity. And that's a shame when it comes to the the subject of this podcast, which is music, and music is creativity. In the next segment, we're going to go all the way back to season three, and I had a wonderful conversation with the young men that are brutality. And I asked them the question concerning their Christian beliefs and how they approach it when it comes to their style of music. And, and one thing that sticks out with me is, you know, on your social media posts and, and in your music, you have a, a very positive message. It's, a, it's an uplifting type of message. And where, where does that come from? So we're all Christians collectively, and uh, um, and most of our songs are faith based. So we wanna our goal as a band is to spread a message of hope and positivity to where people need it the most, to be a light in the darkness. So I think that's why we try to always keep it positive and like post funny pictures and just do stuff like that because I think there's a lack of that in the world nowadays. And there's a lot of darkness in the world. So our goal as a band is to kind of bring a light into that, you know? Okay, so here, this is something that, that I noticed years and years and years ago. You know, you had you had your Stripers and you had, you know, uh, Becoming the Archetype and, and yeah. X-Toll and, and, and yep. bands like that. And they were almost instantly labeled Christian bands. Yeah. Uh, but some bands kind of were like, you know, you're kind of pigeonholing us. Yeah. And they they decided to go with we're a band that has Christian beliefs. Uh, would you if you had to, what would you put your what kind of category would you put yourself into? Are you a Christian band or are you a, a metal band that has Christian beliefs? So we're comfortable and we're fine with the label Christian band. We're OK if people call us that. But we call ourselves a metal band because, like I said, our mission as a band is to be that light in the darkness. And I, we feel that labeling ourselves as a Christian band um, is kind of like preaching to the choir. You know, we want to play places and go to places where there isn't a Christian message so yeah. we can spread that faith-based, faith, faith-based message of hope to where people need it the most. So that's where we stand with that, and that's why we call ourselves just a metal band. Could not restrain 
That was Legion Falls from Brotality. And if you're interested in going back and listening to the full interviews, I will leave links to those episodes in the description of this episode. In another interview I did, I got the pleasure, we'll say, of interviewing an amazing band from Ohio, and that is the one and only So High. And they have appeared many times on Little Rage Radio, and I have gone on record to say that their music has a way of just bringing my spirits up when all seems just against me, I guess is the best way to put it. And when talking to the band, and I was blessed to have them on the show, they were probably some of the quick, quickest-witted people I have ever talked to. And in this particular clip, we are talking about their musical origins and any advice that they would give to brand new bands. Getting back to the to the music, what actually made you want to pick up an instrument and be a musician? MTV, baby. I saw all the ugliest motherfuckers with the most beautiful women on the planet. So it's like, <laughs> I think I can drum. <laughs> so you're, you're talking like Steve Riley, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, man. The MTV generation was great. Uh, uh, my whole family's musical, so I kind of got like, "Hey, you're taking piano lessons, you know?" But I like guitar better, so that's what happened. And Kent comes from a very musical family, oh, right, Kent? Yeah, same way for me. I I grew up with music in the house from the time I can remember, and I just kind of got handed a bass, and they said, "Okay, you're going to play bass." And, that's pretty much what I did. Yeah, Kent, was, Kent went with his played uh, his family played like bluegrass back when they were like very very young. Played with like Ricky Skaggs and a lot of stuff, man. So uh, that's why you, when you hear the harmonies on the So High songs, they sound like freaking angel voices. That's right. Because <laughs> fucking Kent can sing the harmonies so good right. from all the, having to do bluegrass harmonies. That's right. Well, you know it. It's funny, and this I, I've told this to people, and they looked at me like like I had the plague, but I've always felt that there was a connection between bluegrass and heavy metal. For sure, man. It's heavy metal without drums. <laughs> they all ass. <laughs> no distortion, just, just some badass virtuosity. Yeah, man. So you've all been in the music, you know, you, you come from musical families and, and, you know, and, and I take it you've been, you know, you've been in bands uh, prior to so high. If someone was to come up you to you and ask you for some advice, what was what would be the best piece of advice that you could give someone who's starting in a band today? I would say play write your own music. I mean, you can start out playing covers and you know get your stage experience, which always helps. But concentrate on your own stuff, man. Get it out there because with the internet, it's that wide open. I mean, you can get your stuff everywhere, and it's not like in the old days when you're throwing a cassette or whatever or CD in the mail and record companies just reject it, you know, so it's all out to the public now. So I would say concentrate on your own music and work on your songwriting skills. I would suggest to hire a bandmate that has a strong back and a valid driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> My suggestion would be to try to find guys that you've got the same goals. You're like-minded as far as what your definition of success is and, guys that you can get along with because you spend a lot of time together when you're not on stage. And I often say it's like being married to three other people. So you better be able to find people you can get along with. That's the, that is the, probably the nail in the head, man. That's the most important is, uh, you know, you can play well with just about anyone, but could you live with them and be, you know, like in 12 hours right. a day without even playing? And you're right. It, it being in a band is is just like a marriage. You know, you've got to get along. You're going to have your your arguments and disagreements. But at the end of the day, can you look at that across the stage at that person and go, "There's nobody else I want to be on this on the stage with." Right. right. Yeah, man.
Simper Man from The Mighty So High, and I highly recommend you go and check out the episode I did with So High. And as soon as I am able to get back on the interview portion of the show, I would love to have So High back on the program. They've been doing a lot of great things, been staying busy, and that's a good thing to see, especially in this new normal that we're having to adjust to. I also had a great conversation with Houston's own Scroll Keeper, and in the interview, they introduced me to a brand new subgenre of music, one that I had never heard before, and they also professed their love for Texas' own ZZ Top. When you can pick up a heavy metal album and learn history, that's, I mean, that's like having your cake and being able to eat it too. You know that's that's a lot that's of history just, on this album. See, and that's and 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 that's kind of what I was picking up on, and I don't know. That's to me, that's uh, that's just a recipe for greatness. You know, at least in my opinion, and it's you know, it's very humble, very small, but well, uh, we don't do the sword and sorcery thing. Well, you know, you know that's cool. That you know, stuff. that stuff's cool too. I love that stuff too. You know, oh, there's and, a place for it. There's a place yeah. for it. How about we do? Historical battle metal, you know. Well, Maybe you we can, really call ourselves that. Battle metal. <laughs> you, you can go, you, you know. And again, going back to what I was saying earlier, that's what's great about metal. You can, you know, you can go the Megadeth route and go political, or you know, whatever. You can go, you know, the the sword and sorcery type stuff with, you know, with Ronnie James Dio or or I'm something a- like that. 
and or you, you know you can just go straight up we're gonna fuck it we're talking about everything whatever we're feeling at that moment we're gonna put you know pen to paper and and make it something really yeah. really awesome but see a lot of bands have lost that especially texas bands man we you know we play with a lot of people i don't i don't like to bag on anybody but you know it's all these bands are just like ah, ah, you know kill fuck drink you know it's like okay man that was we, we call that barbecue metal. The seventies explode. You know the. <laughs> we got another one. We got another one. He lost his drink. I love that. I love that. Oh, that, that awesome. Well, there you go. If, it's, if, it, if it's down tuned, chugga 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 power chords with a with a silverback gorilla screaming, and everybody in the front is wearing shorts and flip flops, that's barbecue metal. Hey, that was me yesterday, man. <laughs> I even played some Pantera to get into the ambience, <laughs> and I had to I had to revert to ZZ Top because my wife said she was gonna divorce because I went to the later Pantera albums. Uh, you know, the I mean, the first three are gold for the most part, but you know, once you get into towards the end of it, you know, you can tell they kind of ran out of ideas. They took that aggression to as far as it would go with the drummer that they had at the time. You know, if they've had somebody like Nick Barker, they probably could have gone all the way to, like, Grindcore or something. But, you know, talking about the players at the time, you know, they went as extreme as they could with this genre. And my wife is like, I'm going to divorce you. I'm like, how about some ZZ Top Suite? There you go. Like, that, works, that works with the barbecue, you know. It kind of flows well with beer. You can't go wrong with ZZ Top. I'm sorry. You just can't. I read. I rediscovered my love for ZZ Top yesterday. It was great. If and you I, don't like ZZ Top, I don't think I can trust you. Right. <laughs> right. There you go. <laughs> See, I, I, I'm going to steal that tagline. Like I'm gonna. I'm gonna assume. I'm. I'm going to assume that you're like some sort of villainous character if you don't like ZZ Top.
last track was Valhalla's Gate from Scroll Keeper. In season two, I had the pleasure of talking to Laurentian Tides, and we all know that each individual band has their own way of writing a song. And Laurentian Tides was gracious enough to share how many of their songs are written. And it's quite a deep look into the writing of some great songs. The way I've always felt uh, about uh, the, the way to describe our songs is uh, you have um, Billy who brings this kind of chaotic ambiance with his guitar tones. And I add in these kind of uh, um, these uh, very uh, primal rhythms and math to it. Um, Hondro's got his poetry and prose that he throws on top of it. And we, we don't go out there and just try to, okay, hey, uh, uh, we want to write this kind of song. We want to write that kind of song. We start off with one little tiny riff or idea, and we each of us pass on um, ideas on where does a song go from here? And um, nine times out of ten, the song writes itself. We don't set out with any kind of structure. We just let the song flow. And then we uh, some, sometimes we've got we have a few songs where they just all came out, and we had to go back and refine them and sharpen them up. But it was just like, hey, it flowed from A to Z all by itself. Now let's go back and really bring it into focus. So we don't really go out with a set sound or style. It's just what, is, what does the moment feel like? What does this song call for? And we let the song write itself.
last track was Intrinsicost from Laurentian Tides. Throughout the history of this program, we have many times discussed independent music scenes throughout the country, and it wasn't until I interviewed Chasing Embers from Ukraine that I really got a, a feel for some of the struggles that bands really do have to endure when it comes to their local music scenes. And it's a bit of a different setting when it comes to the Ukraine metal scene. And here in this clip, the members of Chasing Embers really do lay out the struggles that they face being a metal band in the Ukraine. In Ukraine, no one supporting you if you doing metal. I don't know. Uh, we we have uh, metal fans, but we don't have uh, you know. Journalism. Um, mm, uh, uh, metal culture, I'd say. Metal mm, culture, yeah. yeah so there's really not a scene have. there, so to speak. Yeah, metal scene is um, a bit uh, not complicated at all in Ukraine. So yeah. Wow. Uh, there, there are many, uh, there are many great bands uh, playing, uh, performing metal in Ukraine, but uh, there is, uh, uh, there is no, uh, there is no, no way to, uh, you know, to, to make it bigger. Uh, we we don't have, uh, we don't have the a lot of uh, venues for metal concerts. We we don't have uh, journalists. Uh, or metal magazines, or or something like that. So, <laughs> you know, I I just I don't know. I find that just a a little bit odd because you would think that, uh, you know, being, you know, from from all different you know parts of Europe, that uh, it there's such a big metal footprint all over that area, you know, and it, it, it doesn't matter if it's Poland or, you know, of course, the, you know, Norway and Finland and, and Sweden and, you know, Italy and, and things like that. You would think that there would be a really large, um, I think you know, press corps. Yeah, the problems are in the country itself because, you know, the economical situation is very bad. That means people get very small salaries and wages. Uh, that means they can't go to concerts every day or every week. Uh, and thus, people go to huge bands, to bands they know, bands they love, like maybe, I don't know, uh, okay, who we had last year? Some Godsmack. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. So people, <laughs> people tend to attend concerts that they are sure they will enjoy, and when you see some freshmen, some new guys on the metal scene, even though they are good, they most likely won't attend the concert because they they, they don't have money. Let's, <laughs> let's be clear here. Yeah. So th th this is the reason why music industry and, of course, metal scene uh, is not rising in Ukraine. So I hope that w this will change someday when we have more, you know, yeah, a better politish, people, political people and economic situation. Some people try to change it here, but it's not enough, still not enough.
That was Chasing Embers with that monster song, Spiritual. And I got an opportunity to speak to another Houston-based band. This time it was Lucid Illusions. And we talked about an upcoming show that they had at the Whiskey A Go-Go. Now, this happened back in January. But what I learned is that when we come together as a community, as a rock and roll or hard rock or heavy metal community, good things happen. And when we treat other bands that are in our scene or even outside of our scene the same way that we want to be treated, it opens up doors. Opportunities present themselves. And in this clip, with the boys in Lucid Illusions, we learned that, that if you just work with each other and support each other, good things are going to happen. Before we get into uh, the first song we're going to hear from you from, from Lucid Illusions called No Direction, it, I, I overheard something uh, at the show that I thought was very fucking cool is that y'all are going to be playing the whiskey soon? Yes, yes. we are. January Honorably. 17th. It's a January's, Friday night. Uh, uh, yeah, right there. So, it's an honor, man. It's crazy. We're, we're, we're stoked. Yeah. Beyond stoked. <laughs> so is there a, uh, what I like to call a pucker factor in effect right now? Um, no, it was more of just, you know, I, I feel like networking and making the right connections and being humble and, Get, you know, those kinds of things get you to those positions. And that's exactly what it was. We just, we knew the right person and we've treated them right. They've treated us right. And it was a nice relationship. And they said, Hey, I've got the contact for the whiskey. You guys should play. And he hands me the contact information for the whiskey. And I'm like, what? Um, okay. And just made it happen. It was just that simple. I don't know. I came into this and then it was all like, Hey, we've got a couple of local shows. And then we waited a week and I was, they were like, Hey, by the way, uh, we're you know slides this in. We're doing this. Oh, this huge, this huge okay. thing. <laughs> well, we didn't well, want to scare you at first. Yeah. Well, what I meant by pucker factor is there is there a nervousness? Yeah, that's. I, oh, that's, okay. Yes. I thought you meant like. No, 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 no. Not ass kissing. I know that it, that that's not the case. That that's not what I meant. Pucker factor, yeah. like your butthole puckers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, so, oh yeah. shit, we're playing the whiskey. Kind of yes, and kind of no. I don't know. That's like it's been a it's been a dream for so long that you you re- never think that it's gonna happen, and then when it does, it's almost like a stress off of your shoulders. You yeah. know what I mean? Like holy shit! I feel like more like outside here. of music, and I'm like, oh shit, we're gonna be doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, as soon as we get there, like as soon as we get up on the stage, like every it's, single time, it's like, damn, like here we are. Just you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just it's a it's a different feeling when you when you hit the stage, and it's gonna be kind of no different in yeah. whiskey. It's gonna be an whiskey. honor. It's gonna be an honor. Yeah, I feel like stage. with going into the concert into the show with honor and pride and like respect for where we're playing, I think it's gonna keep it humble enough to where it's not we're not gonna be nervous about it, but we are gonna be I don't know excited. You know what I mean? It's more of a adrenaline than a stage fright. There you go. There you yeah. go. And that and that's what I was hoping to hear was that it's, you know, you're playing such a a storied place. You know, everybody has played the whiskey. And uh you know, just to be able to to do that and uh you know, go out there and just say, "You know what? This is our chance. Let's let's fucking just blow the roof off this place." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's we see the target and we're going to hit it and we hit it hard. Yes. Out fucking standing i love the attitude guys one two i don't know what's happening around me i can't tell what the future might be up in this tree I'm blind but I can't see Jumping is the only way out for me Why is the path not clear to me? Clowns as far as I can see No one seems to agree How am I 
Lucid Illusions with No Directions. I hope you enjoyed this kind of retrospective look at the mind of Little Rage with a few clips and songs from the past. And if you're interested, again, I will put the links to all of these episodes that were spotlighted in this episode. So you can go back and check out the whole thing. And hopefully sooner rather than later, I'll be back to interviewing all of you once again and having you on the show and bringing new music to your ear holes so i hope you enjoyed it as much as i put enjoyed putting it together and as always support your local music scenes as best you can especially at this time and support each other until next time this is little rage <laughs>